This is Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music, one beer at a time. And it is the end of the world as we know it. Just, just, what, what better thing, what better note to start on? It's been a while, but but a lot has happened since we were last here. Kevin, I think the most important of all, Kevin has learned to burp. I not learn, I just acquired the skill partially. What was it like the first time? What was what was that moment like? <laughs> phrasing, Matt. Phrasing. <laughs> it's all it about phrasing. Feels like the first time. <laughs> Those those dulcet tones no. right there belong to the one and only. Uh, if you, if in case you didn't recognize that voice, that sultry voice, it is Griffin Cherry, ladies and gentlemen. Griffin Cherry of Good the evening. Ghost of Paul Revere and Good afternoon and, and, and good morning. And our, our, our and, and currently our dining room. Um, that's where he currently resides. At this I, I'm moment, living not here. I am, I'm, uh, well, you know, <laughs> maybe you don't realize that, but uh, but let's talk more about me here. and not about you. Um, so so anyway, so I can burp. Ish and now, uh, Maddie, you are actively working for Shipyard Brewing Company. But that, that is not skewing our bias on any of these beers. You no, will, uh, you will see no bias. But it's a, I, I love it. You will it's, see uh, a lot of product placement in this podcast. <laughs> Matt might get a tattoo of it right in the lower back. Well, I was gonna um, say just on your cheeks, a Shipyard. It's um, anyway. it is it is it is great. It's a it's a great team of people. Uh, we we first uh, had them on the the program We're talking about the tea infused beers, the, the the from Tiesta. You can't have them, unfortunately, Griffin, because they do, they do have they do still have gluten in them, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, next time, there's any desperate good. gluten intolerant people. Well, I'm not gluten. I have celiac disease. But if there's any people out there who can't drink gluten and they're listening to this podcast just so they can get a little taste of beer in their life again. Don't worry, there's gluten-free beers out there, and but this you're gonna be miserable. We'll do an episode for your entire life. Coming up, we'll bring you back on, and we'll focus on gluten-free. Beers. I will drink every gluten-free beer that's made in America in one sitting. So and we'll do it for America, <laughs> for America, without by America. Griffin yeah. has been on before. He was actually on episode four called yeah. "The New Hope," where we, where you, if you've listened to it, you've. Uh, you've spent two hours of your, of your life you can't get back. Uh, <laughs> we were there for five, five hours, hours recording. We actually had to edit that down because it was talking about all things Marvel and, and Star Wars. And I don't, which... know, I don't know how Darren did it because he Darren Elder was a guest with us and he oh, barely yes. spoke, but he tolerated us. He tolerated us. He so, tolerated so well. Time. And our good friend Nicole Wolf was also in the room. So she was in the room. room. Yeah. And I also correctly predicted the entire plot. You did. Of episode seven. To um, to give uh, to go back the classical basis of that episode was we were comparing how John Williams has had ripped everything in his soundtracks from Stravinsky, mm-hmm. and and a bit of Shostakovich even, and you, you have things that date back to Mahler and Beethoven. But one thing that's going to relate to today's episode is that what's our music sounds like a soundtrack, yeah, featuring, uh-huh. yeah. Um, actually, Griffin's first question was. Was what was it the soundtrack of? And yes, it does sound remarkably like uh, I have a few different ones. There were, and we'll come back to this later. But there were elements of, of everything all these from, different composers and musicals and and action mm-hmm. films and and uh, we also have a trivia question. Not the not the Bach the Bach trivia at the end, but this is a middle of the episode yep. trivia question that's actually fact based, not opinion based. Yep. First time. Um, 
But so that's where we're at now. We're back in action. We've been we've been away a long time. It has been a, a very busy summer. A lot has changed. Uh, Kevin, we, we got older. We did get. We both went through birthdays. Kevin uh, and the Main Youth Rock Orchestra have not only uh, performed with Guster this summer, and and not and who was opening that show, but, but uh, Griffin Jerry and the Ghost of Paul Revere for yes, sure, for sure. Um, uh, then not only that, but then only. Uh, what a week ago? A week ago from recording this, we got to work, work not work, uh, play for, and then play with uh, Yo Yo Ma, which was just something I never thought would ever happen in my lifetime, let alone the students in the orchestra having that opportunity. And you had a smile on uh, you for like forty-eight hours. Yeah, once I get the clearance from their publicist to put the video on the website, I'll throw it up. And he's a unicorn of a human being. Yeah, for sure. Kevin was saying he's this beautifully genuine and funny and goofy. Yeah. So, Yo-Yo, I know you're not listening to this, but if you are, thank you, first of all. Second of all, if you ever want to come on, we'll buy you a beer, maybe two. There was, Uh, do you remember in our very first season, we we put up an Instagram list of of dream guests, and he was, I think, either one or two. Yeah. Um, Uh, But man, is he he not only one of the greatest musicians, definitely the great top five greatest cellos that's ever lived. Yeah. Um, but also just beyond humble. And that was, that was the coolest part. You know, someone so great and looked up to is more humble than I think all of us combined. I'll be honest, I don't know a single person on the rest of that top five list. Oh. I'm just saying. I'll, do, I'll give you a cello lesson give me a about the history of cellists. Jacqueline Dupre, who my cello is named after. Uh, we have Leonard Rose. That, that name is, is foreign in case you I thought Mislav, that you had Mislav. named your cello after the movie You, Me, and Dupree, and you were just saying it funny. <laughs> <laughs> nope, name it Jacqueline. Owen Wilson's <laughs> finest work. It was. It was. So, and... Um, CGI well, knows in every movie. Griffin, <laughs> okay, and you're back in Portland now. You've been on the road I am. for eight weeks yeah. with uh, Ghost of yes. Paul Revere. Yeah, we have toured the entire country and back. We drove about 15,000 miles. We did 40 shows. It's good. It was very good. Release a new album. Release a new album, which Kevin plays on, actually, quite a bit. Speaking of soundtracks, I got a Twitter message the other day. I don't know how to work Twitter. Okay. But I get you messages every once You can you talk do. to the president. He's yeah, I feel like yeah, I just should be snarky on it and like send messages to people like the president. And or just, or like, North Korea. He's pretty good at that, too. Do, does North Korea have Twitter? I thought Probably. they didn't even have internet. I think, I think Kim Jong-un may. He probably does, like, yeah. still, like, working with, like, an Atari 5000. <laughs> like, real That's my rap name. As with most, I think, most hipsters in Portland as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. I love that pong. No, the, uh, uh, I got a message on Twitter that the, there's a uh, song on the new record uh, called Chrysalades, mm-hmm. and it was, like, this big, grand idea that we had about expanding, expanding string sections that would grow off each other and expand to this big thing and have an underlying current that would drive the whole thing. And the the driving um, melody that you wrote, do you remember what it is? That was Jersey. It sounds a lot better on the album. Yeah, that was the one underneath it. Yes. Making Christmas? That is Making Christmas. No, actually, it is the counter melody in the theme song for Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. Yeah, someone thought that we had intentionally done that, and I was very happy about that fact. Since you like, been, wow. did disprove it. Since you've been on off the like episode lawyers. for two years, but we had a guy named Jim Bonian who wrote the soundtrack for Bioshock 2. Really? Yeah. The first one? Second one or the third one? Two. Two. That's why oh, I said, okay. well, I was said Bioshock 2. I wasn't sure if it was a comma... No, as well. As well. Number yeah. two. All right. It's, it's tough now. Bioshock 2, the third, the prequel. It, it, I mean, they do that stuff now. It's, it, it's like, look at the Star Wars universe. It's crazy. 
So, all right, so I've had a question for you now two years in the making, and it ties in back in like your musical lifestyle back to the podcast. Um, what was what got you into classical music? Like listening on your own? Is it was it soundtracks? Was it like would you grow like going to concerts, things like that? Um, I got into classical music as a kid, I like and not intensely for sure, but I got into classical music because certainly because of John Williams. I had not only a copy on vinyl, but also on a CD of all of the Star Wars soundtracks. Oh, really? I listened Sweet. to endlessly. Right. And then Do you still um, have the vinyl? I still have the vinyl. That's for sure. Fantastic. For sure, it is not the original pressing, but I'm working on that one. Working yeah. on that one. But uh, that's the white whale right there. That's one of the yeah, one of the white whales. So the yeah. real one is the uh, um, the help. Is it help? Uh, the Beatles cover with uh, them dressed as doctors with all the disembodied babies. That's the real one. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. You can yeah. You find that record. You probably are gonna look at like I think it's a couple grand for to buy it, but uh, just because they they covered them all the ones they could find, they covered up with stickers and resold. But like there's still some that are original right. out there because they were like this is not the Beatles image. But um, no, and then I actually I got back into classical music when I the store I used to run in Portland here. The only thing we were allowed to listen to in the morning was. Uh, made public radio and of course I do classical all morning so yeah and then uh, I got really into once the rest of classical was like the only approved thing we could listen to so then I started really getting into it to try to find classical records to put on throughout the day that I liked but most of it comes from soundtracks to be honest like that's my big you know yeah it's it's really it's the most accessible way to get into it I think I tend tend to be like that kind of like I tend to be drawn to that kind of music orchestrally anyway you know, like Carmina Burana or like those kind mm-hmm. of like big, yeah. grand, we were talking about the planets, you know, like, I do like Mars, but I think Jupiter's my favorite one. Jupiter is, they, I mean, those are the most known, the, the, the unknown, we'll do that sometime, but, but talk about space, uh, a whole episode on space, but there's the, the movements that people don't know, Yeah. there's one with the women's chorus, uh, it's, uh, I think it's Neptune, Neptune, yeah, yeah. and it's so ethereal. It's really cool, we but no one knows them down it. in the series. Yeah, you so, can do a podcast on each one because they're, I mean, they are. They're so speaking of cosmos, uh, yes. Kev was unavailable to come with us that night, but uh, Dev and I went to go see. Oh, by the way, side note: uh, Devin Mock, who is on uh, the episode America, which uh, I gave him Budweiser. I gave him Budweiser <laughs> for that episode. Uh, Devin Mock of the the beautiful Ballroom Thieves. If you haven't listened to them yet, you're you're missing out. Um, he's now our third roommate. Andrew Crest has moved on to, to Memphis conduct the Memphis Symphony. Yeah. Um, but Dev is in town, and we went to go see Neil deGrasse Tyson speak. Oh, here. I saw he was in town. We were in we San were, Diego or some craziness. Oh, uh, we were fifth row in front of the podium, uh, courtesy of, of our good friends, the uh, the Kurtzes. And oh man, it, he he is the kind of guy you feel like you could just hang out with and crack a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we were our brains were bleeding for a week because we were just trying to wrap our heads around everything he was describing during that talk. It was incredible. Cosmic Perspective was the name of the. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a. Oh, that that's the band's first album name. When you Cosmic Perspective. I'll tell you what. He oh. should be a guest on the show too. Yeah. We'll bring you back on for that. Yeah, we should, we'll bring you back on. For that. Well, I'm curious. Comes, for sure. Yeah. Call me up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so we had, I think we had a whole bunch. <laughs> Well, let's ask you guys, um, what is, before we do an episode on space, since we're talking about it, yeah. what's, what are some space-themed pieces that you know that we should talk about, or should we bring back that we've talked about before? Yeah. Um, before we dive into that. Send so, us a message. Facebook, Instagram, yep. email. Yep. 
Are you, do we still have a MySpace account? I my email is still at CompuServe, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> uh, We're gonna drop a name we've not dropped yet on this podcast. Are we not? No. So uh, there's a composer with. I'll actually uh, tell a story about this separately. There's a guy, a composer named Giancarlo Minotti. Um, I don't know if you can tell. It's it's an Italian name. That's um, from Jersey. Yeah, it pretty much is. Actually, I had a, I had a, I, I did have a uh, a camper years and years ago named Giancarlo. You had a camper named Giancarlo. Giancarlo Latta. He is an incredible violinist. So good. I think he's at uh, Curtis Institute. I think. Why'd you name a camper after him? What? Did you say you named a camper? No, he no, had his, a camper. I had he, a camper. He, he, oh, he... Got it. I had a camper. <laughs> I thought you were saying that you, you, your family had I bought a camper, camper and named it Giancarlo. <laughs> like he taught a music camper. One of his campers was... There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It actually his birthday was Giancarlo. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I, like, so I first... Side camper. note, if anyone's looking for a good camper name... <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's a little intense, but it's good. Or just Rick. You know, one of the two. Oh, you want to go sleep in Rick tonight? No, nope. <laughs> no, I'm good. So uh, Giancarlo Minotti, uh, he's an Italian composer, obvious, like we said. Um, but I got introduced to him in high school. Uh, he wrote this uh, operetta called uh, the, uh, the Unicorn, Gorgon, and the Manticore. Sweet, that'll just um, that'll just <laughs> yeah, and it's a uh, one of those really you hang out with what? <laughs> oh, Gorgon? Are you kidding? A Gorgon? I think Debbie Gorgon. Then. You say Gorgon very strangely. It's Gorgon. Gorgon. <laughs> it's like you pronounce Klingon incorrect. Klingon. So, so, side note, it's nice not to be the one person that people are making fun of for pronouncing things differently. <laughs> this is a first for me. I really appreciate oh. this. So, I hate yells. Um, <laughs> so, no, but I got I sang this piece in high school, and that was my first time. And I was it was a little out there for... This was... 20 years ago? No, no, 15, 16 years ago uh, when I did this piece and really beautiful harmonies looking back at it now, but um, he he's very, uh, very at the time, contemporary composer, but I'm curious. The piece I'm about to listen to um, is called Apocalypse. Pretty, pretty dark and dismal. Yeah. Um, without any background, you guys have listened to it already. Um, the listeners have listened to it. What year... Do you think it was written in? See, he prefaced this earlier, so I don't want yeah. to... I had originally guessed 1920s. I had originally guessed that. And we had said it might be a little later. So, like, again, I'm guessing, like, maybe late like, I, I want a, I want a specific year. And then I okay. think we should have a I, prize for I the would, closest. Well, I would, 1959. So, and go... Well, okay, so go... I, and I, I'm sad that I don't know... Bonatti's lifespan. I should know that sort of thing. Okay. Um, but knowing how from previous composers we've talked about have been affected by world wars and their compositions, Apocalypse could be, yeah. you know, a, a byproduct of having lived through World War One. So I'm going to guess 19... I'm going to guess he was ahead of his time and say 1935. Right. It seems like it's a, it's a byproduct of... Uh, like, we're talking about cinematic pacing. Mm. So, like... I mean, that could be, it could be a little earlier than I'd guess, just because, like, 
Do you want to keep before we go on and and play the piece and talk about it a little bit? Do you want to change your answer? No, I'm gonna stick prices right. Nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen thirty five. Exactly what I thought that one dollar was worth. Um, so when, after the piece is done, we'll tell the audience what what okay. year it was. All right. Um, but one thing that we were saying previous in this podcast was that you hear Copeland, you hear uh, Bernstein, Bernstein, um, you hear. Bernstein. The Bernstein Bears. That's the Bernstein Bears. No, that's a whole podcast. That's, that's a whole lot of things. I'm not going to talk about the Bernstein Bears. Everybody's Bernstein. So you know, so you hear you hear bits of American Western style with Copeland. You hear um, you do have to hear some Bernstein from like his almost his Latin influence from that. You hear you hear the, you hear the phrase where um, it, from the. What what I imagine is that opening scenes of West Side Story, personally. Yep, and um, and it starts off with this trumpet uh, sustained note, and actually that it brings me back to Dvorak's, I believe, Eighth Symphony on the last movement. It has this trumpet fanfare opening, yeah. And this is a little more um, dismal because it is a piece called Apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, and that will tie into our beer as well for today. Yeah. But one thing you'll notice is you could hear all these different influences, and it kind of. Throws you for a loop about when you think it was written because yeah. it's all over the place. Yeah. Just when we thought we had it now, right. there was it, it took it to the turn. I mean, could you say that like it? It seems to me to be almost undeniably American. Oh, absolutely American. Exactly like that. That like that switch that happened when American influence entered composing, mm-hmm. where like it is a little schizophrenic, and it's it also it's also like. When they hit the points, they really hit the points. There's not a lot of subtlety yeah. in it. Yeah, that transition there's, there's is clear. A lot of, there's a lot of hints and homages to other people, but like when they when they go for it, they it's kind of brash and like and makes a statement every chance it has. Like, like an American. Like an American. <laughs> like an American. <laughs> oh, it's such a bummer, but it's true. We need to um, and there's, there's a I was some, there's some cool facts about this. Um, the first movement which we're going to listen to it's about 11 minute long first movement. All right. uh, uh is what it's called, and uh, it was inspired by the conflict between Christ's goodness and his suffering at the hands of mankind. Um, and it's basically they even said that you know it was it was weird for Minotti to write music that dark. At the time, and, okay. and so um, what's I want to give a listen through the first movement. We'll come back. Yeah. We'll find out what year it was written, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll dive in some more of the history behind the piece. And then, of course, we can't forget the beer. We got the beer is, to go along with it. It's perfect. Beer's happening. All right. So here is. Oh. <laughs> we'll do gluten free beers. Beers. Listen, I'm not. Promise. I'm not sober, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, this has been another uh, episode of Bach to Bach. On that note, <laughs> in true Bach to Bach style, here is Giancarlo Minotti's uh, Apocalypse, the first movement, which is called Improperia. Take a listen.
Gentlemen, before we talk more about the piece and then dive in the beer, are you sticking to your date? I'm sticking to my date in 1959. Manny? I have not looked at my phone. I'm going to stick to it. I, I, I could amend, but I'm going to stick to it. The answer is Father Oates' birth year, 1951. Wait. Oh. So, prices right rules, you lose, but you I, are close. I, I, you I are lost. close. You are definitely yeah, close. I was closest, but I lost. That's okay. So, yeah, written in 1951. Um, so, something about this movement as well, that uh, we were talking about this while listening to it, um, you know, it's, it, it, it actually, they say it has lots of Hollywood film music, like, um, I guess, feel, but also yeah. a little... Little nods too, and then also some nods to Stravinsky. Um, filming in room. But then those, the, those string sections letters. that are like really open that go from just like it sounds almost like uh, Native American hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, you and were saying the open fifths, right? Open yeah. fifths, yeah. which it's and usually in music for the most part in Western music, it's a no no. Uh, but, but then trading all between the woodwinds and the, and the strings back and forth. Is, is no-no an industry term? It is. It's uh, a scientific, scientific term, uh, usually in labs. Science, yes. Yeah, science. Science? Science. It's like you have to go to Berkeley for at least two years to learn that term. Yeah, you can't yes. use... You can say no once. Is that before. no-no 101 that you take? Or like, how does the... All right. No, no, oh, no. Anyway, oh. <laughs> it's 102, but that's fine. That's cool. You clearly didn't go to this whole episode's about just like lowering self-esteem now. Good it job. is. I see. I walked in the room and just literally started making fun of everybody. Just because <laughs> I feel I have such low self-esteem. I gotta bring it down to my level. We also haven't seen you in a long time, so it's like a lot of catching up. A lot of catching up. There's a lot of catching up. It's been it's been eight weeks since or more than that since I've seen you guys. Um, so I just wanted to make fun of you for as much as I could. Okay, so out of all the classical music you've heard, one being the worst thing you've heard, ten being the greatest thing you've ever enjoyed, where you wept. Give Apocalypse first movement from Minadia rating. Go. I'd give it a three. Three? I mean, okay. if ten is wept, ten is the ninth symphony. By Beethoven? And one is like... By Prince. Wesley Willis, but I still enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> one is Tiny Tim. Uh, maybe I'll bump it up to a four, I guess. Okay. If, I, if Tiny Tim okay. is my lowest standard, I'll bump it to a four. All right. I'm I, I'm gonna go for around seven only because I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued yeah. by I uh, I realize that there's a, a composer here who I've, I've I've performed. I feel like I performed one or two of his pieces in the past, but I know nothing about him, and mm-hmm. I'm curious to, to see more. And I'm I'm really impressed with what I just heard. I think my number one thing is that I usually like composers to have uh, a strong identity to their work, and I this piece for me seems more like a greatest hits. Kind of homage to other things, like a kids' pop like, thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like now, that's what I call classical music compositions, volume one hundred and fifty-three. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I like to have a really strong voice in my composers, um, which is a personal choice. And like, you know, that's you. That is me. But if I had to rate it, I would rate it just a right around middle ground because it's like, well, okay, cool. But leave us some comments. You know, what are, how did you feel about the piece? Would you go back and listen to the whole thing? Had you heard um, it before? Have you heard of before? And have you heard of Benati before? If you haven't, you know, we'll, we'll we'll post some other some other works of his so you can kind of get the uh, the sampler plate of yeah. of Benati's music. Um, but transferring from sampler plates to beer I was trying to find a food comparison you made a good effort at a segue so the name of this piece is 
Apocalypse. Speaking of, we gotta do a whole X Men thing coming up. That's anyway. You want to talk about the movie? movie. You want to talk about the com- like comics? Are way better. Okay. The movie. So please don't talk about the movie. If, just want to check for all of our listeners. If you ever do want to talk Marvel, um, I, I will step out of this arena. Uh, as much of a fan as I am, there are plenty of other podcasts, and I, video podcasts about uh, Marvel. I, I'm far greater. Than than far greater than I, I will admit that I am in the presence of greatness between these two gentlemen in front of me when it comes to Marvel. No. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll tell you what. I totally rocked Kevin on an X Men One, X Men Two reference the other day with Wolverine. I, I, I that's the one time. I mean, the, there, if the, a black hole opened up somewhere in the space time continuum, it was because of that. It was amazing. Um, it wasn't that great. So the the pe- the name of Minotti's piece was Apocalypse, and we have gone with um, we've gone with Mason's Brewing Company uh, with a with a can that we did not expect. To okay. come out of the woodwork as it did, but they, these guys are from uh, from Brewer, Maine, Brewer, Maine. and, and yeah. the, the name of this particular Imperial IPA is Liquid Rapture, which uh, so the li- the, the label is what did it for me. That's why yeah. that's why I grabbed it. Let me just yeah, props kind of, to them for doing one of the best labels I've ever seen come out of this state, or also on a beer. It's beautiful. I mean, it's let's, just, it's let's, awesome. let's paint it to you. It's got a, it's got a purple backdrop. Uh, if you're looking for it, um, it's got one of the the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. On on what you can just tell is uh, on on a on horseback, in a cloak. Uh, we're gonna put the artwork up on the website, but it is so well. Make it a tattooed. I don't know. You can't pull off a. a you don't, you don't know me. Like it looks like there are uh, there is all four. <laughs> Said the brother to his brother. <laughs> uh, there is all four of the horsemen. On are they there? The are they hidden there? They are. They're in the back. So I all would imagine that the one on the end is. Pestilence, maybe war is next to him. Uh, looks like Chewbacca on the far left. <laughs> Chewbacca, yeah, I think he's just got a bunch of. He just looks kind of sick. Um, Mason's Brewing Company. If you didn't know, so the the name Mason's is derived from uh, uh, John Mason, who's a sailor and a colonizer who uh, discovered the early waterways in our in in Maine. Uh, this was 1622, so long time back. Uh, but they were granted a, an area between the Merrimack and Kennebec rivers, and that was the province of Maine. So you know, this historically, they're kind of reaching back into our, our very early beginnings here. This um, this beer I, I like, and I've, it's and I've been so just getting good. into it. So it, it pours a really beautiful gold, um, and it and especially in the last one centimeter, it just puffs up with this this great head that just. Lingers. Uh, we, we we poured our first uh, glass from we were pouring from a sixteen ounce into a snifter, um, and this head just sat there for a good five minutes before we started even tasting. It was uh, well, well, mine did. I think Kevin might have not so lucky. Kevin had problems, but but the moment you get it even near your nose, it's just this blast of fruit and citrus, and mm-hmm. and like the mouth feels really nice. But yeah, no the. You, it's normally I'm not a big fan of the fruity IPAs, but this thing really yeah it's comes out. It's not it's, it's it's dry hopped. It's not it's not knocking you out of the park um, as far as as far as like bitterness. Uh, it is eight point two percent, so this is definitely not something you're gonna like. I'm I'm gonna stick with one. I think at the moment. Because um, I'm half to it. Yeah, it does. Sure. It does. You just want to say heft. I did just yeah. want to say heft. It's it is a beautiful looking beer. I mean, and it just carries that gold all the way to death. I mean, and 
I just really enjoy drinking this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Kev, I know you lean towards the this really kick-ass IPAs. Um, I'm not so much, but I, I really enjoy drinking it. I would go buy it again, to be honest. It's crazy good. Now, I don't know much about Mason's outside. Mason was a newer brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we are, if, you, if you've been keeping up with the stats of brewery openings in the state of Maine, this year... We're about 120, I think, total now, maybe? They're, they're projected. Yeah. So the, the Brewers Guild just put out a study, and it's projected at uh, double-digit growth until 2020, uh, or, or beyond 2020, rather. So What? Um, we are as as fast as these are growing. Um, there's apparently no saturation in the market. Um, that being said, That's crazy. there was there was a great article put out a few weeks back, um, <clears throat> which we should get to in another episode. Just recognizing the fact that, and this is a topic for another episode. But just because breweries are new and opening does not mean that they are all good. Good. Um, and absolutely, we we are in danger. We've come into this conversation more and more in the last few months. We're in danger of becoming um, very much like the art world, where and and the classical music world, where it becomes uncool to dislike um, a beer, uh, where just like a piece of art, um, you are not allowed to dislike the newest release from uh, the newest. Brewery because it means oh you just don't understand it you don't you don't get it so we, we do need to make sure yeah. that we temper this this movement that uh, as great as this innovation yeah think about like restaurants like right now also in Maine restaurant scenes booming way, yeah. yeah doesn't mean all of them are good or will they last yeah. a lot do because there's been some incredible chefs that are doing something new in the city yeah but it doesn't always mean it's great yeah you know that's a long conversation too about tastemakers and like yes what your what quantifies or what, yeah what you know, quantifies. Something being good and in, what quantifies like just not only that but like accessibility like I mean art world is a reference like the people who are not just necessarily the people who are making this beer but the people who are making a beer that you hear a lot about and are told that you have to like mm-hmm. um, that uh, you know that doesn't mean that it's uh, the right opinion it should really come down it's like wine it's like it really should come down to your own taste yeah. Preference and palette, whether or not you should you should always try new things, but like wine, art, classical music, all it. If it moves you, that's that's the important thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's um, we shouldn't be swayed by what we. I think what would be great was between like all restaurants, beer, wine, especially that. Like, if you can find a better way, to, a better wording to the general public about what each thing is. Yeah. Like, if you like these flavors, here's go to this. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people servers will do that in restaurants, but just. Especially looking at a beer label, saying if you're really if you don't know anything about beer, you look at the hop profile. You don't really know what that means, what these all these kinds of hops are, and you say okay. But if you're really into something that's semi sweet, sweet, bitter, heavy, not heavy, things like that, just so like the general audience knows what's what it's like. Just begin that education. And that, and, the, and um, Liquid Rapture is uh, is dry hopped with. Um, they've got Ella, Idaho, and Citra. And of course, Citra's the really hot one right now. Citra and Mosaic are taking me. That's, that's what people want to see. Um, uh, kind of like the, the, well, sexy, the big, It's the big uh, East Coast style IPA. But it's, oh, it's the, it's the yeah, sexy hot. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I, honestly, as far as Idaho, I don't know much about it. I, don't, I can't think of many beers I've had with, with that in there. But it's nice to see these different strains coming out. And now, maybe another episode uh, topic is now that um, a big problem for people who want to grow hops is that there is not state-issued crop insurance in a lot of places. Yeah. So like New York, where we're from, 
um, it's great conditions, but uh, unlike nearly every other crop, uh, should there be a bad season, the state's not there to, to help. So for these people who wanted to start out, it's a very risky venture. Um, and we should talk about in another episode that state of that in Maine, but uh, now that they are stepping up to that, now that people are putting, uh, you know, put, putting investment into this, where uh, the hop strains are, are taking off, it's brilliant. Yeah. We just went down a rabbit hole. It was good. That a little was, bit. It was a good tangent. It was a good we, yeah, we got uh, some some future episodes. Let us know what you think. Like, yeah, put put your input on you know beer profiles, breweries in Maine, and like you know, is it being too saturated? Is it being you know, are, are, is it are you liking the direction of the amount of breweries, the amount of beers coming out of the state of Maine, or or in the state wherever you're listening? Yeah, you know, do you have enough breweries? Is and if so, what are the ones you like or dislike? Yeah, right now we're seeing rises in like uh, sours and table beers. Like, where do you where sours do you, are taking off? Yeah, where do you see it going? Do you like where this is going? You know, just sound off. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I mean, the uh, it's always better to have uh, like a super saturated market of independent producers than the other side of that coin. Which I know that there are a bunch of uh, heads of smaller breweries trying to buy out the big deal mm-hmm. with um, I'm trying to remember that Belgian company and, and basically the beer conglomerate that owns Budweiser the, Budweiser yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, even they're, they're owned by another country, company now the, um, but like yeah that monopoly of huge homogenized beers like it's better to have that influx and that cra- this crazy steamrolling effect of of thousands of small time brewers who can't produce a ton but can produce enough to it's kind of like getting your voice. It's like kind of like getting your voice out there. Like, yeah, it's smaller numbers. I think it's important. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's like people should do the. Well, I also think that this podcast should have a separate second segment called Griffin's Thoughts. I agree. I'm gonna pitch it to you right now as a podcast within a podcast. All right. Uh, that's, what you got? I stole that straight from the McElroy Brothers. So if you listen to the McElroy Brothers. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I spent a lot of time in a van and to a lot of podcasts. No, the uh, I would say that my suggestion, like we talk about, like beer saturation. Like if you've got three other friends, commit with those three other friends. Find every new beer that's being produced in your area or in like a drivable area, and go buy a six pack. And each one of you try it. And then if you've got four of them and it comes in a six pack, two people who liked it can go home with an extra beer. If it's just a four pack, like a lot of the craft brewers are doing now, you yeah. take them a four pack. Like, that's the way to do it. Like, that's the like people should have like a tasting club that they're a part of. Uh, before we get into trivia, Griffin, what's coming up for you? So that's this is super wormhole. We just got in. It's, I liked it. What's coming up for me? Uh, episode eight is coming out. Yep. Yep. So December fourteenth. Uh, I don't have a life until then. Probably not. Bach to Bach episode eight. Star Wars episode. Star Wars episode eight. Obviously, yeah. This is Bach to Bach episode 50, 52. I think fifty one. Wow. Look at you guys past the uh, past the fifty mark. Well, Did you throw a party the last one? No, we just went to cry went to bed. Yeah, cried oh, to a pillow. Well, you know, do however you, do, right? you want to celebrate. I guess is that yeah. that's fine. Uh, up for us, the um, we have several big shows coming up in New England. If you want to come check them out, we have. Including a um, Boston on the 29th of December, two shows in Portland on the 30th and the 31st of December. I'm going to be um, Which are. Close there are up. not many tickets left for both of those nights. And Boston is selling very well, too. So I would imagine. Where's Boston at? 
Uh, Bright Music Hall. Let's so do it again. Is this south, like two hours down the coast? It's a Boston. It's actually a French town. It's a French town, for sure. <laughs> Founded by the Swedes, actually. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, of course, we have a new record out. Uh, it's called Monarch. You can listen to that on iTunes or Spotify and all that fun stuff. You can listen to it on Fresh Folk, the playlist on Spotify, which is getting a lot of spins right now. And it's also on... Is the whole thing on there or just uh, a few tracks? Uh, the whole uh, whoa on fresh uh, wild child and little bird two tracks cool. off the album are on fresh folk right now. I never and asked you. Now the, the album's out. What is your favorite song on the album? Uh, they're like children. Good. You always have a favorite. Chrysalis is my favorite song on the album for sure. And so it is has been. It is the mo- was it the most exciting musically, and one of the most musically challenging things I'd approached in a while, and I liked it. I did not write most of the song. Max did. Max, yeah. But uh, I, uh, I I delved into everything besides the bass structure of it and kind of wrote that stuff. So cool. Um, but that is my favorite song, followed I think closely by Montreal. Montreal is, and, and if um, well, there was a great video of that of, of us playing it back in February. Uh, yes, Portland House of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good video that uh, it's done by our friends Herman Mantis, who are both of our uh, video production companies that we use. Yeah. But it's. It's uh, the album Monarch is, I literally think it's one of the best albums that's been out of New England uh, in the past 20 years. Easily. 20 years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. And if you are as outraged that it's, it's always sunny, sunny is leaving Netflix, please email Netflix like I have and tell them to stop that stuff. And put the newest season on. Put the newest season on. Where's season 12? We're all freaking out over here. But otherwise, <laughs> you can follow uh, Ghost of Paul Revere at Ghost of Paul Revere or ghostofpaulrevere.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you ready for trivia type? I'm ready for trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so remember how it works. This time it's it's flip flopped. No, uh, I don't because the last time I was on the podcast was two years ago, and, and we didn't have trivia two years ago. We totally did. we totally had trivia. Did we? Yeah. we just yeah, drunk. you were just drunk. That could have been the case. No, we did. did you we drove back. Really? I don't know. We did yeah, have trivia. We, we bought you Xnay. You were drinking Xnay. No, I remember drinking Xnay. I remember the whole thing. I don't remember doing trivia at the end. Though. Well, because we that did. by hour four, it was just kind of... We've been there for a long time, so yeah. maybe I just blocked out most of that time. Anyway, so guys. the way it works, Matt says the question number. I say the question. You say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, Question no. number. Okay. Question. First thing comes to your mind. Yeah, that's not trivia, though. Well, kind of is. <laughs> it's opinion trivia. Okay, here we go. Let's just do it. Now I remember. Yes. I, I hate you. It's okay. Ready? I love you too. Yep. All right. Question number three. Since number three, don't throw me off like that. I, I I'm paying attention. Like, I feel like it's gotten boring ever since I just shouted out the numbers. So I figured I'd throw a curveball. Ninety-four. All right. Number one. Question, question one. Are we going down? We're going. We're going down. Start going question up. three. Going. Question one. Question one. Got it. And this is since you do have celiac, I'm going to broaden a little bit. What oh, alcohol okay. best describes your personality? Oh. And be as specific as you can. Does the Joe Moran count? <laughs> I feel like a Joe Moran is perfect. It's not one alcohol, though. I would like to say it is Canadian whiskey. I don't know if that's true. It's probably closer to something like cinnamon schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> what? A little bit sweet, like but goes little, down hard. A little, a, little ag- a little aggressive, but I guess you can enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, that's cool. Wow. All right, number two, uh, you'll enjoy very, very much. They don't make Dude, you just... It, but man. Wow. Make, make, make me redundant. All right, number two. What superpower do you wish you had? Invulnerability. Always. Okay. 
we're gonna be on for the whole podcast. Yeah, my phone. Gonna... This is just my phone. Don't worry about it. Uh, no, man. We tried a liquor on tour in Chicago, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was awful. It's like, oh god, Sean would know. It's like McGirt's. Or some awful thing. <laughs> just just like by the name. Just by the name. If it's called McGirt's, no one wants to drink it. It's the worst. And it's like a joke in Chicago. And it's just so bad. It tastes like licorice and, and death. Oh. Um, oh, I love that. I'm gonna that sounds like a death chat. Yeah, I'm going to get you guys a bottle for another podcast. And you're all just, right. just going to find you all the liquors that taste awful. You can have some fun with. Like gold shit. It'll play pocketballs cannons. It'll be just a miserable mm-hmm. podcast. What happened to the days where Griffin would come by and just leave us mason jars of moonshine? In the fridge? That's, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't seen my moonshine connection in a couple years. I miss him. Oh. But that's a story for another. I'm going to tell that story actually to Portland. Oh, actually, I do have a story. Harold, before the last, before the last um, question. Yep. There was Tamworth Distilling since our last podcast. Yeah, we have our own whiskey. Ghost of Beer whiskey was released 250 bottles, I believe. That was the proudest moment of my life. I think it's gonna. I'm gonna be more proud of that than if I ever. It's called. It was called Rye or Die. It sold out. Yep. My bottle's already gone. So is my. Uh, several. <laughs> um, when your first child is born, but it was, like, I will raise you as my own, but I will never love you as I much. will name you Rye or Die. Tamworth <laughs> never live up to. Tamworth Distilling in New Hampshire, and I will say, for a two-year whiskey, that was crazy good. Super good. Was there no blends in the mall? It was a blend. No, it was, no? Not, it was uh, uh, a single-malted, 100% main-grown rye whiskey from no a historical shit. recipe. Uh, from uh, the late 1700s, I think. Jamie will probably correct me on that. He is the lead distiller there, and he's a wizard for sure. So if he ever hears this, he'll probably correct me. I could be totally wrong about that. I know it's 100% rye and rye for Maine, um, and I believe it's one of the original because uh, most people don't know that uh, this is a beer podcast, but like if you delve into whiskey a little bit, most people don't know that rye whiskey was the New England whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, and specifically like a big, it was a big deal in Maine. And uh, the only reason why it's not as prevalent these days is because rye was deemed not medicinal and bourbon was. So yeah, we can all agree to that. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. But so the, the main so your Jim Beam, your Evan Williams, your Jack Daniels that have been around for a long time, they all got medicinal licenses and sold during prohibition, sold bourbon with uh, for medical use on the label, and the, those distilleries survived, and everything else went under. No, way. so whoever was running the FDA back then, can we bring them back? Because they were clearly doing the right thing. Well, they were thing. probably getting paid by Big Bourbon. What? Is that like a big old hat? that thing we're, we're, a, you know, we're a lobby saying. again today? All yeah, right, Big Bourbon? Yeah. Oh. All right, last question. Number three. Okay. What celebrity living would you want to come to a Ghost of Paul Revere show? That's a tough question. I know it is a tough one. Um, I'm going to bring it back full circle and say... One of my absolute heroes, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, for sure. There we go. For sure, dude is a saint. Can I be honest? I'm really happy you brought continuity to this whole podcast. I'm trying to tie you back in. I think yeah. that uh, you, know, you really need to figure out where those strands lie, and then make sure you loop them up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's clearly not your first rodeo on this. It's not mine. You know, it's I like your second long, rodeo. Long time uh, storytelling. Uh, long. What's that called? I'm not I don't know. <laughs> I can't do good words. Fine. I can't do good words. Fine. I talk some. <laughs> so you can check out uh, Ghost Paul Revere's new amazing album, Monarch, on uh, on iTunes. 
And um, Spotify. You just went like sexy voice on that one. In iTunes. <laughs> Go back as well as calling a radio station because they'll have it. I hear. Yeah. It's been playing nationally on radio. So. I walked out of the office the other day. We're kind of in the same building as the residence in down on the, uh, the east end. And mm-hmm. over the loudspeaker outside the lobby was uh, was Ghost of Beer. I heard it's in a Macy's once. It freaked me right the Right? Did you really? Oh, oh yeah, I did. Then I, then I like took a second and I was like, where's my ASCAP money from that? Because <laughs> And also, the Macy's is awful. Yeah. Also, the this sounds the worst. Turn it off. There was, I was relating the story to somebody else the other day. They were talking about um, John Denver's ex-wife, Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and where obviously his that's any song which I still believe is mm-hmm. the greatest love song, uh, one of the greatest love songs ever written, next to um, Simon Garfunkel from me wherever may I find her, the I can't uh, make you love me, oh, man. that is a good one. Um, they they were asking of all time. That is a killer one. <laughs> they were asking Annie <laughs> where the weirdest place was where she'd heard it and and she had been in an elevator in Tokyo with like fifty Japanese businessmen. Annie's song came over the uh, the elevator. Ain't that how it goes? Just, just the most surreal experience. So especially that song written about you. But anyway, anyway. tangent. You can hear Riven Cherry goes to Paul Revere. Thank you for yeah. having me. Even though I didn't add too much to the classical music side, we, I feel like we didn't talk about that much. Too much. We just kind of talked about other things. That's what we do on this. The mix. The well, beer and the classical music is just like the reason. Well, that's good. We'll go back and do more. Don't worry about it. it. Ties the room together. Yeah. Okay. It's all about time. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. We are back at it. Episodes are coming at you. Keep uh, listening. Keep There's listening. actually big stuff coming. Big stuff coming. We can't talk about it yet, but we are excited to show you in a few months. But uh, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram, on the book, on the Twitter, and uh, subscribe. That's it. Dude, subscribe. Subscribe on, on iTunes. It, on iTunes. It, it's no joke. Everybody's doing it. Difference. Yep. Everybody's All doing the it. cool kids are doing it. It's, it's also awesome. the only way you get access to Griffin's Tips, the podcast inside Bach to Bach. Because it's going to happen. Guess what, guys? <laughs> it's happening. I'm going to start a revolution inside this podcast. I will cheers to that. On that note, it's been another <laughs> episode of Bach to Bach. Get your glass up, not the can. Unreal. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm just drinking ginger beer. Subscribe to Bach to Bach on iTunes and follow us on social media at Bach to Bach.